Jesus offers us redemption, and that's not old news. In fact, it's news meant for us today. If we look with our eyes of faith and understand the Spirit holds the body together, then we must understand we need to continue Christ's mission. We must lift up the poor, free the captives, and heal the sick. It's a monumental task because the Word of God is meant for everyone. And that means all of us who make up the body of Christ on earth have a lot of work to do. Welcome to the Real Word Podcast for the third Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle C of the Roman Catholic Lectionary. I'm Brandon Jubar, and I'll be your guide as we walk through the readings for this week. It's an important process because we believe the scriptures are the inspired Word of God. But to really be nourished by the Word, we need to break it open and look a little deeper. We need to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Now, the messages I get from these scriptures might feel right to you, but you also might find that the Holy Spirit tells you something else, and that is absolutely all right. So if you're ready, let's dive in. As I said, tonight we'll be looking at the readings for the third Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle C. Our first reading is from the prophet Nehemiah. It's chapter 8, verses 2 through 4a, 5 and 6, and 8 through 10. Our second reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. It's chapter 12, verses 12 through 14, and verse 27. And our gospel reading is from Luke. It's chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and then chapter 4, verses 14 through 21. I have just a couple things to note. First, we have readings from both the Old and New Testaments. Nehemiah is from the Old Testament, or the Hebrew Scripture, while the letter to the Corinthians is from the New Testament, or the Christian Scripture, as is our Gospel reading. So tonight, we'll see that Nehemiah has the people in tears. Paul teaches anatomy, and Jesus drops the mic. Okay, let's start by going through the readings, and then we can talk about the messages we find. Our first reading was from the prophet Nehemiah. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them, and as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites, who were instructing the people, said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. 
for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Their second reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And our gospel reading is from Luke. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All right, so let's take a first glance at these readings and ask ourselves, what does it mean? What messages and meanings can we find if we dig around just a little bit? So our first reading was from the book of the prophet Nehemiah, and it really demonstrates uh, the reverence the Israelites had for the word of God. In some way, the, the actions or reactions of the people when Ezra reads from the book of the law of God are they're similar to how we approach the gospel reading at mass. Now, I, I don't, I don't think too many of us weep or fall to the ground, but, but the priest or deacon is standing in a position where we can all see him, and and when the book is opened, we're standing, just like the people did when Ezra read from the book of the law. Now, one quick thing to note: the the book of the law refers to the first five books of the Bible. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, or the Torah, or, or the Pentateuch, as we sometimes call it. 
regardless, Ezra was reading from, from the beginning of what we now call the Old Testament. And this happened around 2,600 years ago. Now, as I said, we don't generally weep or fall to the ground during the liturgy of the word, but we do understand that the word of God, it does require a response. And we're, we're not called to simply listen. We're called to take action because of what we hear. And just as Ezra was reading the law to all the people, all the people who understood, we also understand and believe that God's word is intended for everyone. It's not just for Catholics or Christians or Jews. The word of God is meant to be shared with everyone. And we believe the Holy Spirit will then help people celebrate God's word, you know, to truly take it to heart and, and then go out and live it every day of their lives. So the main message I got from our first reading is that the word of God is meant for everyone. God's word has to be shared because if we believe that God is love, then the way to make love grow, the, the way to spread love is to share it. And, and the messages we find when we're studying scripture are, are definitely included in that because the word of God is meant for everyone. Our second reading was from the first letter from St. Paul to the Corinthians. And <clears throat> I used the shorter of the two options because this reading should be very familiar to you. Uh, in writing to the people of Corinth, who were suffering from lots of infighting and divisiveness, St. Paul used the image of the human body to teach them what the body of Christ is like. It's a, a it's a story that we call the parts of the body. And to be clear, when Paul refers to the body of Christ in this context, he's talking about all of Christ's disciples. We all make up the body of Christ on earth. Now, in the longer version, which I didn't read, Paul talks at length about the importance of each part of the body. He, he addresses envy by asking, well, what would happen if one part wanted to be like another? If, if hands and feet and various other body parts all wanted to be eyes or ears, our bodies just wouldn't be all that functional. And Paul used, used the image of the body with its various parts to help the people of Corinth and to help us today understand that each and every one of us is a vital part of the body of Christ. Each of us has a valuable role to play in the church. Of course, this is it's a continuation of last week's theme where Paul wrote about every gift and ministry being as important as any of the others. Now, as I said, the, the point is that every part of the body of Christ is as valuable as the rest. And, and all of us bring something of value to the community and, and to the world. Simply put, this passage is a call for unity in a divided church. It's a message that means as much to us today as it did to the early church. You know, one thing that really stands out in the short version I read tonight is that we are all given the one spirit to drink. It's a lot like his message in our second reading last week, where he pointed out that the gifts may be different, 
but they all come from the same spirit. So the main message I got from our second reading is that the Holy Spirit holds the body together. No analogy is perfect, but thinking of ourselves as being a, a specific part of the body of Christ can definitely help us understand the importance of various gifts and ministries. But a pile of body parts doesn't do much good. Something needs to hold those parts together and, and help them work towards the common good. For the body of Christ, the church, it's the Holy Spirit that holds the body together. And finally, our gospel reading was from Luke. And in today's reading, Luke starts off by explaining the purpose of his gospel. This, this first paragraph in today's reading is actually the introduction to, to the entire gospel, which is, it, it's different, it's done differently than the other synoptic gospels, right, than, than Matthew and Mark. Uh, Luke addresses his writing to Theophilus, which literally means friend of God. So the writing is, it's a similar, it's similar in style to the Greek and Roman literature of the time. So I think it would have appealed to a Gentile or a non-Jewish audience. Anyway, in, <clears throat> in the introduction, Luke tries to explain that this is not a biography of Jesus. It's, it's not just a, a simple retelling of the events of his life. It's an orderly presentation of what Luke has investigated, and his intent is to help Theophilus and, and all of us be certain about the things being taught in the church. One thing I, I think Luke implies with his introduction is that we can't understand Jesus if we just look at the historical facts. We've read his gospel, and we have to read the gospel and see what he presents with our eyes of faith. So we think, you know, when we, I'm sorry, then, then we, we skip ahead. So we do the introduction, then we skip ahead to chapter 4 where he describes a scene where Jesus reads from the scriptures, from the prophet Isaiah. So it's an interesting combination, taking the intro to the entire gospel and then jumping ahead. Um, but he uses it to explain why, you know, this is why Jesus came. He hasn't just come to proclaim the good news to the rich or the free or the healthy. Jesus has come to raise up the poor. He's come to free the captives. He's come to heal the sick. When Jesus sits back down and then tells the people in the synagogue, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He's telling them bluntly that he is the fulfillment of the scriptures. His coming was prophesied and he was living out the scriptures in his ministry every day. Now, Unlike many of the people in the synagogue that day, we are already disciples of Christ, and we believe he is the Messiah. So when these scriptures are read at Mass, we need to remember that they apply to us on at least two levels. First, we are challenged to be certain that Jesus is God. It challenges us to see with our eyes of faith and look to make sure that we are certain that Jesus is God. Not through historical or empirical evidence, but by seeing with our eyes of faith. 
And second thing is we're challenged to continue fulfilling the scriptures. Look, if we are the body of Christ on earth, then we have to carry on his mission. We have to live out his word by meeting the needs of the deprived, the hurting, and the hungry. We have to be the hands and feet of Christ on earth. So the main message I got from our gospel reading is that the body of Christ has work to do. Look, it's not healthy for a body to be idle all the time, just lying around doing nothing or just reading and pontificating, especially when there's so many people hurting in the world. The Spirit of Christ is alive and active in our world today, carrying on the mission and ministry through you and me. So let's remember that the body of Christ has work to do. But let me try to sum it up now. Let's look at all the messages that we talked about tonight in our first reading from Nehemiah. The main message I came away with was the word of God is meant for everyone. In our second reading from 1 Corinthians, the main message I got was the Holy Spirit holds the body together. And finally, the main message I got from our gospel reading was the body of Christ has work to do. Jesus came to he came to offer us redemption and the salvation but but we need to remember it's not old news from 2000 years ago. In fact, it's it's news. It's it's good news. It's meant for us today. And if we're able to look with our eyes of faith and see the Holy Spirit holding the body together, then we should also understand that we need to continue Christ's mission. We need to lift up the poor, free the captives, and heal the sick and suffering. It's a, it's a monumental task because the Word of God is meant for everyone. And that means all of us who make up the body of Christ on earth, we really do have a lot of work to do. All right, so let's step back and take a second glance at these readings. Overall, we'll ask ourselves if our path has become clearer. To do this, I like to answer two questions. So what and now what? Okay, so what? Why, why should we care about any of this? Well, we should care because the gospel message doesn't spread on its own. It, it's not like an airborne virus that floats around on the breeze and enters the minds and hearts of friends and neighbors. The only way the message gets out is if we share it with others. We should care because if the word of God is meant for everyone, then everyone is meant to be a part of the body of Christ. Everyone is, is meant to be joined together as one through the Spirit. And if everyone is meant to be together, but they're not, then something's missing. We're not actually a complete and whole body, are we? And that means it's a lot harder to be a healthy body. We should care because having a world where too many people are poor or captive or, or sick doesn't end up being a very good world at all. And the last question I try to answer is, now what? Well, what are we supposed to do? Where do we go from here? Well, I probably sound like a broken record by now, but we just need to share the good news as much as possible. And breaking open the word is a great way of doing that. If you've been listening for any length of time, you've noticed that this is not a catechism class. I I don't focus on Catholic dogma and doctrine. I focus on the scriptures and what messages we can find for real life. That's why I call this the Real Word Webinar. 
and trying not to delve too much into high theology because the Bible has so many things to teach us about everyday life. So with that in mind, here's your real challenge for the week. Share the Real Word podcast on your social media accounts. Like if, if you search Google for Real Word podcast, it's actually hard to find mine because there's a real estate podcast called The Real Word, and it's much more established and popular than mine. But if you search Real Word Podcast Jubar, then you'll find links to it on all kinds of podcast directories. Pick one, click through, copy the URL, and post it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or wherever else you spend time online. Just ask people to check it out. It's a lot less intimidating than inviting them to come to mass with you. And it's a much lower commitment on their part. But if they give it a listen, they'll learn a little about the good news and what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. All right, before I wrap things up, I'd like to leave you with one more quote from Scripture. As you're encouraging people to join us on this journey of faith, remember what we read in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for refutation, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And we may debate and fight over rules and certain beliefs, but the messages in the scriptures are always useful. All right, we have come to the end of our time here together. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back again next week. But in the meantime, I encourage you to use this as a starting point. Spend some time with the Bible on your own. Read through a passage. Read it a couple of times. Think about it. Pray about it. Try to open up not only your mind, but your heart. Break open the Word and then listen to what the Holy Spirit says to you. The Real Word Podcast is brought to you by The Real Values Project, Real Youth Ministry, and The Real Values Framework. Real stands for respect, engage, accept, and lead. For more information on The Real Values, please visit keepingitreal.club. And finally, the Bible readings used for this podcast are from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 1973, 1978, 1984, in 2011 by Biblica Inc. Used by permission, all rights reserved worldwide.